Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka, Barty Jagdish, and Ryan Huang with you. Let's talk about the global music industry. It's one that's worth over 50 billion with two major income streams. Yeah, we're talking here. Firstly, about live music, yeah, which yeah. makes up over 50% of total revenues derived mainly from sales of tickets to live performances. And then there is recorded music, combining mm. revenue from streaming, digital downloads, physical sales, and even synchronization revenues. And we know that there isn't a business in the world that hasn't had to change because of COVID-19. So the music industry is no exception. I mean, remember the days when they used to make money out of cassettes and CD sales? Yeah. Um, that's totally different That's right out now, the window right? now, right? Yeah, totally gone. Uh, then the live concert revenue stream, that was, well, non-existent during COVID. Mm, exactly. So COVID-19 did indeed hit the music industry hard. Streaming numbers as well declined. Okay. Live concert revenue, as you mentioned, shuttered as a result of all of those social distancing and quarantine measures. But despite all of that, music and entertainment group Sony Music has decided to cement its long-term commitment to this region. It just opened its flagship headquarters in Singapore. Ooh, let's find out more about the music industry in a post-COVID-19 world. Sridhar Subramaniam, President, Corporate Strategy and Market Development, Asia and Middle East, Sony Music Entertainment is on the line with us. Good morning, how are you? Good morning, I'm very well, thank you. Actually, it's more like good evening because uh, you're calling us from the US right now. Uh, I suppose let's let's start uh, by talking a little bit about Sony Music. Uh, tell us a bit about the business model here in Asia and perhaps some of uh, the notable artists uh, that are signed to Sony Music. All right. So I think, you know, Asia is obviously one of the most exciting regions in the world for not just Sony Music, but for the music industry as a whole because it's really the fastest growing region in the world and has been so like that for the last three years. And it, the good part about Asia is that it's not one homogenous market that you can look at, like, say, Europe or some such other places. You know, the different kind of music cultures that we have in China versus Korea versus Southeast Asia, say, versus India, is all very unique. And so in terms of really, for us, the business model and focus is, quite, is to really grow our streaming revenues in that market, because traditionally these have been really markets where there's been a lot of piracy and very few consumers willing to pay lots of money for music. Mm. It's something that they always thought was free. Whereas mm. now we kind of focus in the industry world, we believe that there's a huge opportunity there. COVID-19, as we mentioned, did have an impact on the music industry. Tell us more about the specific effects of the pandemic on Sony Music. Okay, so it, it starts in three places, right? So I think, as, as you mentioned, we make our money from, you know, effectively kind of two or three streams. The main, the main one coming from digital revenues, whether it's streaming or downloads or in some markets, ringtones, et cetera, which still exist. So that's one. And, but that, that sector of our business has actually grown because of the stay at home and people consuming a lot more music at home and subscribing to you know, these platforms. So that, that business has grown quite healthily. So in fact, digital revenues have grown by almost 25 to 30% year on year. The two other businesses that suffered the most, one was really what we call brand sponsorships and advertising-related revenues, where we used to work with brands to kind of either create music or place music. Now, because of the slowdown in the advertising world and the commercial, the commercial, digital, the commercial broadcast, that, that took a hit. 
And also in the third area that we kind of felt the pain was really closer to the artist. In a lot of countries, we also manage artists. And as you know, the live income and the live business pretty much vanished for the last two years. So the biggest pain is obviously felt by the artists themselves and the artist community. And that business also dried up for us. But the growth of streaming pretty much more than compensated for the loss of these two segments. Mm, let's let's talk a little bit about the growth of streaming for a bit. I mean, where where is the opportunity here? And did you have any experience, you know, in the very early days of the pandemic where musicians were streaming sort of mini concerts from their home? Correct. Yes. So in streaming, you know, there are obviously two types of streaming, or three types of streaming, right? The, the first of which is a conventional music streaming service, whether it's a Spotify or an Apple Music or, you know, or YouTube Music, yeah. where effectively you either stream for free or you pay for money or you pay a monthly subscription and get ad-free music at a high quality. So that business is really, being, really about penetration. Right now in Asia, the penetration numbers are very low, right? In the sense that not more than across 5% of the, of the entire audience in Asia is currently either paying for streaming and not more than 20% has access to streaming. So there's a lot of headroom for growth there. The second is, as you mentioned, in terms of live concerts and live streaming where people have experimented. There are some of the big super bands like BTS have done that and mm-hmm. they've you know, raised a lot of money, whether on their own platforms or, or that you see someone like a Travis Scott on the Fortnite game and, and you know, play within games, etc. So that has, many people have tried it, but only a few people have actually been successful and have made money. The third is, you know, the other, what they call UGC streaming, which is really, you know, people, regular people getting up and doing live music and karaoke in these chat rooms and such like. Now, that's really a business where people tip, and, but that's really not the professional artist. It's really a lot more, you know, fans and a little more people who are just homegrown artists who do that. So, but to that extent, I think that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a uniquely Asian trend. It's actually probably most prevalent in most markets in Asia and very alien to the Western market those ideas. Now that things are starting to open up in several economies around the world, including in Asia, where do you see all of this going? How do you see it evolving, re-evolving? You know, this is interesting because for us, I think, you know, the beauty about Asia just is, one, the demographics, right? Obviously, given the fact that it's a very young population, one. The second is, I think we are also a very mobile first kind of a continent and countries in that sense that people are very, very comfortable creating and consuming over the phone. And, you know, and that's the second thing. The third to me is I think the creative power that we have in Asia, we, are, we don't bat or bring our weight to the global economy creatively yet. Uh, we are largely say consumers of content. We haven't yet, you know, kind of shared our, I think, creative powers on the global stage yet. You see that with Korea. Korea has seemed to do that with the whole key culture, whether it's K-pop or whether it's the movies or whether it's drama and the whole, or even fashion. They manage to express themselves and have a global presence. I believe virtually every country in Asia, we have such a rich tradition and a rich creative culture that we could do, we could do a lot more. And that's what keeps Sony Music excited about wanting to invest in the region, grow our presence in the region and continue to kind of, you know, support the creative community. Yeah, uh, K-pop is a small industry of its own. It's it's insane. Uh, Sridhar, I was at the opening of the new regional office, the flagship headquarters uh, that's here in Singapore. Uh, beautiful building. And I noticed there was a lot of, and, and just to follow up on, on your last answer, right? A lot of emphasis on Asian talent. What is the plan to build that penetration? And I mean, since you're in the US, how does the West view music out of Asia? What makes them excited about it? 
you know, the good thing is, you know, this is really the beauty of the internet, right? So where anybody anywhere can consume content from anywhere. Now, it happens on a TikTok platform, it can happen on Spotify. And so in some ways, the world has become a lot more flatter and a lot more accessible to music. Now you can go to YouTube and find anything virtually, right? So, yeah. so the earlier problems that you spoke of, of distribution and lack of access has vanished. Now, so once we have a level playing field, now the, the next question comes to what do we do creatively to stand out? Uh, because your competition is also there for global, right? Which is now such is a good thing and a bad thing. Now, there are a few countries, like you said, like K-pop, which have risen to the occasion and they have dominated the global stage and created a global culture. Now, do we feel that there are other places that could do that? Could it happen with C-pop? Could it happen with the Bollywood industry? Could it happen with Arabic music? Could it happen with, say, Thai or Vietnamese or even Indonesian uh, kind of sounds and music and rhythm? I believe it can. But what the artists need is really they need the same global level of what I call finish, a creative finish, be it the creative identity, the creative statement, the marketing push, as well as, ha- but as, well as retaining the essence of who they are, because that's what the world is interested in watching to explore and wanting to see a certain difference, something that is not available anywhere else. And this is where I, you know, it's just so exciting. It's such a great opportunity if you are a young artist today that this is possible. And our mission there is to actually help people in every capacity. So, you know, we have three different services. We have Sony Music, which is really a full service label that will work with you creatively and kind of build your career. If on the other hand, you just want to be distributed and you want to take creative charge of yourself, you can do that with Orchard, which is our distribution company. You, mm. you completely own your music, you can distribute through them, and they make your music available worldwide. And the third is we also, in the same building, we house Sony ATV, which is a publishing arm. And the publishing company really helps with songwriting. Just you could be a great songwriter, and then that same song could really be, you know, picked up and produced by some of the people elsewhere in the world. So for us, we believe that bringing these kind of global skills and global scale and making it available to every country and every artist in Asia is a huge benefit, not just for them, but also for us. I noticed you mentioned several Asian markets earlier, but you didn't mention Singapore in the context of talent. Where do Singapore musicians and related artists stand here? I was saving the best for the last. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, but but seriously, they have said it is still very hard to succeed in the entertainment business in Singapore. Exactly, it is. It's hard. I think the, you know, the multiple things. But at the same time, I think we're seeing these, you know, grassroots um, kind of success, huge successes. You see, we have this artist called Cesari, uh, who just kind of recently crossed 100 million streams on Spotify, who's having huge success in, say, neighboring markets, right? whether it's Indonesia, or Malaysia, or the Philippines. Now, now that's the homegrown Singapore talent, great talent that we're kind of sort of you know, bullish about. Where uh, I see Singapore, the beauty about Singapore to me is, I think the the residents and the creative community in Singapore have a global exposure. They kind of, you know, they have the advantage of have interacting with global talent and global skills. Now, what we feel that they, what we could work with the community a lot more is to help them kind of, you know, st- you know stake an identity that they need to own and present in terms of music and style. But more importantly, I think even convince them 
that making music a career is a real option. And it is an option that is it's not a creative expression or a hobby, but it is a profession. Mm. And that's a profession that will actually kind of grow, that you can have a lifetime income, and that's a commitment that you can actually make and feel secure about. And these are the kinds of things that we believe that are bringing a big global company here. And it's not just, it's not just the artist side. In Asia, it's also the support community of the friends and the family and everybody else needs to be supportive. And, and we feel that we can play that role. Mm. Uh, curious case in point, like your artist Ben King or, or, or Cesare for, the, for that matter, since this office uh, next to it is also the PlayStation office, I mean, gaming industry is so huge. If a Sony artist does a song for a game, is this something that can be brokered here in, in the regional office? Yes. I think, you know, that, that's, you know, the beauty about Sony and, and the multi-headed uh, kind of, you know, businesses that we are in. It's not just the gaming business. It's also, like, say, for example, the film company, right? Mm. And, and for example, or the TV businesses that we have in a few other places. And you're absolutely right. So I think the synergy opportunities, especially in nascent markets like Asia, where, you know, where each of these businesses are also trying to grow at the same time, uh, we feel that and that's one of the big missions. So it's in a lot of companies, in a lot of countries, we are housed within a lot of other Sony companies okay. in, in order to enable this. And you're right. So the gaming audience and the music audience, there is such an overlap. And I think, you know, as you move to a Web 3.0 world, whether it's NFTs or whether it's the metaverse, et cetera, which is really, again, very gaming first, and then the rest of the world will get on. We feel that that's what places us in a very unique position. What will it take to really build a fully developed ecosystem? I mean, let's talk here not just about talent and creative producers. You also need recording artists. Mm. You need people to know the city for all of its creativity. So what do you think it will take for Singapore to get there? So I think for Singapore, uh, okay, very specifically about Singapore, my, my views would be that there are three, four things that I think Singapore generally needs. The one we spoke of, which is really the talent feeling that they can make a career of this. And it's not a hobby. It's not a part-time hobby playing bars. It's a real job. The second is what this, what I think we need in Singapore is a, what we call a big producer community, producers of like at the global scale or such like who will actually write songs and produce songs of a great, uh, of international sounds and quality. There are a few, but I think we need a lot more. And I believe that for Singapore, it could actually be a regional hub uh, and kind of excite people to come and set up base in Singapore, have a bunch of access to recording studios because you have great recording studios. Equipment is not a problem. It just need great producers. That's the second thing. And I think that's where our publishing company helps because they work with songwriters and producers. And the third and last thing is, you know, music now is really about storytelling, right? In terms of, I think, whether it's just not just a music video, it used to be about music videos and such like, but now it's really about, you know, people want to engage with an artist on a daily basis, right? Whether it's on Instagram or it's on TikTok or any other social media platform. Now, so we need, you know, creative marketing people who understand the art of storytelling in the digital world which again, I think Singapore has, but some of it is really, you know, very product and, you know, brand driven, not necessarily people driven. And we feel that by setting up office, ideas to attract these creative people, creative producers, and not just recording artists, as you rightly said. We need to build the whole ecosystem and to make it a creative powerhouse. That's when the artists from there will pop on the global stage. 
It's going to be exciting to see how this develops in the next few years. We've been speaking with Sridhar Subramaniam, who's President of Corporate Strategy and Market Development, Asia and Middle East, Sony Music Entertainment. Thank you so much for your time today. You take care and stay safe. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.